Hi, thank you so much for tuning in to Examine, where we have real and raw conversations about porn and purity. My name is Brittany Delamora, and today's guest is named Saya, and she has the most amazing testimony. I actually was connected with her on Instagram, and when she shared her story with me, it nearly moved me to tears. So I'm so excited that she's here today to share her story with you. Saya, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so let's just get right to it. Like you reached out to me. I had put out an Instagram post asking if there was anybody who had been directly or indirectly affected with porn. And I said, you know, share your stories and we'll pick one to feature on our show. Um, and you sent me your story. And I just want you to share with us what you shared with me on Instagram that day. Okay, so about four years ago, I moved to California from my hometown, Maryland. And uh, not long after I moved here, I started school and I met this guy. It didn't take long for us to start dating and uh, things moved very quickly. And um, we were together all the time. Um, and eventually, um, I found out he was a recovering alcoholic um, and drug addict, and um, he also was a little bit schizophrenic as well, mm -hmm. and um, things eventually got really bad, and um, it, it became very toxic and abusive, and um, I remember um, getting to a point where I was just so low mentally. I was really depressed. I hated myself, um, which is, I guess it's normal when you're in a relationship like that. And mm -hmm. um, people are, you know, someone's constantly telling you that you're not good enough. And um, I just felt really, really awful. And I wanted a way out so desperately from this relationship and I ended up meeting a girl at a bus stop. And um, I didn't know at the time, but she was in the porn industry. Mm -hmm. um, and she was just like, come over, we'll drink, and you can just forget about that guy. And um, so I stayed at her house and we drank and drinking led to doing drugs and um, eventually harder drugs. Uh, which I never thought that I would get into, mm -hmm. but I mean, some I was at a really low point. So one thing led to another, and um, she came out to me and she's like, "Hey, like I do porn, like you should do porn. I can help you get into it." And I was like, uh, "I don't know, like I'm okay, like I'm good." And then. Um, her boyfriend, I remember, really pressured me into doing it. He was like, uh, how are you going to pay for these drugs? Like, you're staying here, like, rent-free. Like, what are you doing? Wow. And um, I eventually caved, and I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I, I'm already here. I already don't want to live. So I ended up doing porn and getting as high and drunk as I possibly could so that I wouldn't even be coherent enough to understand or like be present. What kind of drugs were you doing? Uh, heroin, oh. meth, weed, alcohol, mm -hmm. whatever was in front of me. 
It was just a numbing, a numbing place. Like it was like an escape. Do you feel like the drugs are what helped you to be able to get through the scenes? Oh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been able to do it without drugs. Mm -hmm. I think there was one point where uh, like I was sobering up mm -hmm. a little bit and I was like, where am I? How did I get here? Like, how did I allow myself to get to this point? Wow. And, um, cause you know, I grew up in the church, like I knew God and maybe, you know, I didn't have that relationship that I needed to have with mm -hmm. him. So I fell away from it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the enemy creeped in and he was just like, you should just kill yourself. Like nobody's gonna love you. God doesn't love you anymore. Um, because how can God love you after you went away from him and did something like this? Wow, that's so classic of the enemy that when we fall short, when we make a mistake in life, when we do any kind of sin that he wants to, not only is he the one that tempted us, not only is the, he the one that led us there, but then he also wants us to feel bad about it. He wants us to be ashamed about it. And I believe that Satan wanted to take your life because there's such a great call of God on your life and he wanted to destroy what God is gonna do in and through you. And I'm so grateful that you didn't allow him to, to win in your life, that you didn't allow him to, to get there. And I know you had mentioned that um, there was one thing in particular that stopped you from committing suicide. Like there was just that one thing and what was that? Well, actually I attempted suicide and um, I ended up checking myself into the hospital mm -hmm. and I was like, I need you to put me into your psych ward wow. and um, otherwise I'm, I'm gonna kill myself. Mm -hmm. um, but there what was- What did you a, try to do? Uh, I took a bunch of pills and- You tried to overdose. Yeah, I tried yeah. to overdose. And wow. um, I remember there was a point where I was sitting in my bed in the psych ward and um, the only book they had there was the Bible. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank God. And I picked I've up been to psych wards and that's not a normal thing to have Bibles there. So that's yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> God's <laughs> like, if you're gonna go to the psych ward, let me provide you with the Bible. Right. And uh, I remember I was sitting there with the Bible and um, I was just like crying and I was like, I just, I want to die. Like, I don't want to be here. Like the psych ward's not helping me. Um, and I remember hearing a voice, I'm with you. And uh, I look out my window and there's a giant cross outside my window. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, I hear you, God. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Like, I know you're with me. Um, sorry, no. <laughs> um, but I think that was like the starting point of me just becoming like obsessed with my Bible and just reading mm -hmm. it every, every single day. I just read it, um, to direct my attention away from all the pain and kind of like block everything out. And, um, so I was in and out of the hospitals for a while because I would go through periods where I felt okay and then I would fall back really hard in depression mm -hmm. um, and I would start feeling suicidal thoughts again. Where were you living at this time? 
so my stepdad, who adopted me when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, he picked me up wow. from the mental hospital. I mm -hmm. called him. I don't even know what led me to call him, but something told me to call him. Yeah. <laughs> and he came and he picked me up, and uh, he lives in Ventura. So I stayed with him on and off, back and forth between going to mental hospitals and he helped me a lot uh, getting into like therapy and stuff. Um, but I mean, no amount of therapy can do the amount of, uh, well, can restore the amount of joy that God can. Yeah, you better preach, girl. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Because, I mean, the mental hospital was like, you know, it, it can only do so much. Mm -hmm. But when you go through something so painful, only God can restore you. Yes. And what did that process look like for you? Um, every morning, just going straight to my Bible. Because I remember waking up feeling like, oh my God, like I want to die. Yeah. So I would just counteract that and just start praying like God like please reveal something to me today like whatever you want like I'm here like I just want to do your will like yeah. just please use me and um, slowly God revealed himself to me and mm -hmm. slowly the pain started to like just subside and I remember just I remember crying um, when I heard your story and I was like, wow, she's so happy and joyful. And like, she was in it for s seven years, right? And I was yeah. like, I can't imagine where I'd be if I'd stayed there in that place for seven years. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even think I'd be alive. It's a miracle that I'm alive because I told you I've been in, I've been in psych wards too. When I hear your story, it's actually like a mind blowing kind of thing for me because I see so much of my past in your past. And I just think that it's, they're so like, literally our past are so similar. Like as you're sharing all this with me, I'm like, wow, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there. I've, I've lived with um, a man who was a pimp and I know that um, that's, the same in your in your story as well. The guy that you were living with, he was a pimp. Was he taking your your money as well, or or so you would go and shoot scenes, and then were you giving him your money? Yeah, the money went straight to either her or him. Yeah. So basically, you were staying there, making thousands and thousands of dollars, in, in the short time that you were in the industry, and you really saw nothing from it. I saw nothing from. I lived like that for three years. Yeah, I, I lived with the pimp for three years. He took all my money for three years. Um, similar stories, you had to call your dad, which by the way, <laughs> you had to call your dad. Something told me, God told me to call my mom when I needed, when I needed help. And it's just, it's an, it's an incredible thing to see the past of your story, but now to also see the present because I know that Jesus has set you free and that you're back in church and that you have a relationship with God and that God is doing incredible things in your life. Um, how long has it been since you stepped away from from that, like from your past, from that part of your life? Uh, four years. Four years, wow. Yeah. And tell me some things that you've just seen God do in your life. <sighs> He's restored my sanity for <laughs> for one, and um, I'm no longer addicted to anything. 
I'm happy. I don't feel like um, heavy mm -hmm. when I walk around. I mean, even before all of this happened, I mean, I wasn't exactly the happiest person. Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of like trudging along is what it felt like. Mm -hmm. um, but when you give everything to God, there's no weight on your shoulders yeah. to be trudging around. And um, I just, I thank God every day and for what he's done. And like, I just, I can't believe that I'm even worthy of a life like this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I stay very grateful. That's the place to be. It's the power of surrender when you say like, I no longer want to take my life into my hands, but God, I give you full control. He takes every burden, every fear, every worry away, and he just allows you to be free to be who you are, free to be who he created you to be. And I'm so excited that you've got to encounter that in your life. And I know that God's going to continue to use you. He's going to continue to bless you and favor you in all that you do. Um, if there was a woman right now who is contemplating getting into the sex industry, what would you say to her? I would say maybe give God try first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Save I yourself mean, the heartache. <laughs> it's not like... I can see how someone would want to go into it and think like, oh, I can make all this money and... Um, you know, it can seem like glamorous in a sense, but there's a lot of ugly and a lot of bad people that you can get mixed up with mm -hmm. and your life is not worth it. Yeah. Amen. Shine some light on that because I know you just mentioned the word glamorous, right? The part of the reason I got into the adult industry when I was 18 years old is because of what I would see on, you know, the E! True Hollywood story and I'd see, you know, all these like vivid contract girls and everybody was so glamorous and here I am 18 years old and I get into the porn industry and they're putting me in pigtails and like schoolgirl outfits and so you know the porn industry really is glamorized but you and I have seen a different side of the porn industry that you know like the old saying goes not everything that glitters is gold right mm -hmm. so just because it looks glamorous when you actually get into the industry you realize wow, like there's a lot of STDs floating around this industry. Like the industry is like not as clean as everybody pretends it to, pre pretends for it to be, right? right? So what was your, you were in the industry, you, praise God, you were only in it for three weeks, but you experienced a lot in that three weeks. So like, what did you see when you were in that industry and how could you shine light? Like, like share the truth with people right now because when I was in the porn industry, I used to tell everybody that, oh, there's no STDs. We get tested every 28 days, this and that. And like, it was it was obviously a lie that I was telling because I wanted to protect like my alter ego, my character that I played, you know? Mm -hmm. So what did you see in your three weeks that you could shine some light on? It's, it's definitely not glamorous. Um, it's... I just remember feeling very, very gross. <laughs> Why? Um, at the, at the end, because you're, you know, you're covered in bodily fluids yeah. and, uh, you know, they make you do things that you are just not normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, I think, you know, they tell it, yeah, they're like, 
when you show up, they're like, oh, you're, you're so gorgeous. And then, like, after, you just, you feel used. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know how else to describe it. Um, uh, I'm lucky in a sense that I was so drugged that I don't remember everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the parts that I do remember, um, I remember I actually had a bit of PTSD from it. Um, mm. It's There's a, a definite mental toll that um, giving yourself to someone takes on you, um, especially in that industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The online abuse Mm -hmm. because I was bullied pretty badly Mm -hmm. once everything came out Um, people I went to high school with wow um so once that started going out I mean it's not really a small small town where I went to high school but it's a smaller town and I mean obviously it goes around and like it's one thing to like point and laugh and say oh whatever like she's a porn star now like uh, they don't see that other side of what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't realize, like, telling somebody, oh, oh, I see you're a worthless whore now. Yeah. No, They and they don't get the pain and the damage that that does. And that's why, you know, I love God's heart because God is merciful. And so he always looks at the why. He always looks at the why behind the what right? Like what you're doing is irrelevant. Why you're doing it is what matters. And so, so many people, they want to cast judgment and they have absolutely no understanding. They're not looking at like what might actually be going on in this person's life that they could be having, selling themselves for money, that they could put themselves in an abusive relationship that they think so low of themselves that they're operating in life with absolutely no self-respect. And it's not like, um, that's not anything to be judged for. Like you have to have grace and understanding for people's mistakes or for why people are doing what they're doing. Instead of like throwing a stone, why don't we have the heart of Jesus and cast grace and and reach out to that person instead of calling them a whore, you know, reach out and ask them if there's anything that they could do for them or or how could I pray for you? How could I be there for you? Are you okay? You know, it breaks my heart to hear that you had to go through that, um, the bullying online because last year, I believe, it was, there was a porn star named August Ames and she was heavily bullied because she spoke out about parts of the industry that she didn't agree with and people ridiculed her for it and she ended up committing suicide. And so it is never okay to bully people. Like it's just never, it's never okay. Um, And I'm sorry that you had to go through it, but again, God's hand is on your life, you know, and he protected you from all of that. He did. He really did. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to Examine. If you've been contemplating um, getting in the sex industry or if you're under any pressure whatsoever to get into the adult industry, I want you to reach out to us at xxxchurch.com. We're here to help you. We're here to offer you love, support, encouragement, and we just want to be here for you. Um, 
no amount of money is ever worth selling yourself. And I know that just as God had his hand on Saya's life, he's had his hand on my life. He definitely has his hand on your life as well. And I know that he is going to do a great work within you. So reach out to us because we are here for you. We love you. We're praying for you and we believe in you. God bless you.